everyone, it's Leslie Ludi, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. Today we're going to go into part two of engaging in spiritual warfare. Last episode, we talked about how we have the authority through the power of Jesus' name to resist the enemy's attacks in our lives. And we talked about how to recognize the difference between Satan's attack and godly discipline because a lot of us are in the habit of just accepting every difficulty that comes into our life as coming from God. And while it's true that God does bring faith tests into our life and he does take us through correction and he does allow challenges into our life, it's all also true that we have an enemy of our soul who is serious about discouraging us and bringing hopelessness and defeat into our lives. We need to understand Satan's wiles and take a stand against him through the power of Jesus' name. So if you missed last week's episode, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that. We're going to get into more of the practical side of resisting the enemy this week. If you are serious about your Christianity, it is so important to have a strategy in place for resisting Satan's attacks because the Bible tells us his attacks will come. We can sort of ignore the warfare language that's in the New Testament because we don't really prefer to have to deal with any kind of warfare. But the reality is that when we're serious about our Christianity, when we are being the lights of the world that God has called us to be, we will receive attention from the enemy. And if we ignore this area of our Christian lives, It's like leaving our battle weapons lying on the ground right in the middle of a war. Things come at us and fly at us and attacks come and we're not even holding our battle weapons. Whether you've been experiencing enemy harassment or maybe you're preparing to step into some kind of ministry, which will definitely garner some attention from the enemy, I would like to share with you some principles that can help you walk in the authority that Christ has given you and pull down the strongholds that may be trying to hinder you. Last week, I referred to a season when Eric and I were in full-time ministry, but we were just being hit on every side. I was constantly sick every time I tried to get up and speak publicly. We had people coming into our ministry and stealing funds from our ministry and eroding our resources. And really, it got to the point where we recognized, you know, this isn't necessarily just trials coming from God. This is harassment from the enemy. And one of the first things that we that we did that was so helpful in that season was to identify the key points of attack where the enemy was really hitting us and also to identify key scriptural truths and promises that we could hit the enemy back with. You think about Jesus being tempted by the enemy in the wilderness, his response every single time, rather than just telling the enemy to go away, he said, it is written. And then he hit the enemy back with the truth of God's word. So when you can identify the points in which Satan's attacking you and also key scriptures that you can stand on whenever he tries to come in and whisper his lies about that area of your life, you have a scripture to throw right back at him. It's a very powerful weapon. So prayerfully look at the areas of your life in which you feel defeated, discouraged, or hopeless. Ask God to show you if Satan's attack is involved in any of those areas. Now, it's possible that you may be struggling with things because of your own sinful choices or habitual sin in your life, but it's also possible that it's the enemy just hitting you over and over in those areas. Make a list of every area in which you feel you've been harassed or hindered by the enemy. It can become such an important part of your battle strategy to sort of write it out and see the areas where Satan's really hitting you. Identifying those attack points helps you to become more precise and direct rather than vague and general in taking a stand against the devil. In this season before we launched Ellerslie, which is our discipleship training ministry, 
we went through an incredible amount of attack. And I shared about that in the last episode. We weren't prepared for it because a lot of people thought what we were doing was more of a step down. We were going from speaking to thousands to discipling just a handful of people at a time, maybe 100 people at a time. And some people thought, well, you're reaching fewer people, so therefore your ministry must be less important or less significant. And we even started to believe that at at different points in time. But then when we got so much attention from the enemy, we began to realize that it probably wasn't so insignificant after all. So if you're in a season of ministry or even just discipleship within your own family and you're getting a lot of attention from the enemy, one thing you can be encouraged to know is that you are on the right track. If you are just living a carnal Christianity and selfishly going through your days and not really building the kingdom of God, the enemy may not give you much attention. But once you really become serious about building God's kingdom, you will receive attention from the enemy. And that's, in a way, it's a good thing because it shows us that we are really, uh, really representing Christ in this world. We identified a lot of areas in that season where the enemy was attacking us. He was attacking our health. He was bringing relational discord into our life through through people connected with our ministry who decided suddenly that they despised us. It was very bizarre, actually. We had financial troubles and financial erosion in that time, especially in the ministry side of things. And we had a lot of chaos in our home with our septic backing up and our kids getting sick and all of that. So we made a clear list of all these attack points and we began to really see more clearly what the enemy was up to. Now, last episode, I talked about the difference between godly discipline and enemy harassment. We are not necessarily to just write down every possible challenging thing that we ever go through and blame it on the enemy. But we do need to go to God and say, Lord, which of these trials are coming from you for the purpose of testing my faith and correcting me and refining me and which are coming from the enemy where he's just harassing and we need to resist that through the power of Jesus' name. And God will be faithful to show you in your own life which is godly discipline and which is enemy harassment. And even if you do identify enemy harassment, there are still some biblical principles that you can apply, such as give thanks in all things and consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds, God will still honor that decision to surrender those areas to him and rejoice even as you're taking a stand against the enemy's attack. So it doesn't have to be an either or. You can rejoice and give thanks for the opportunity to see the enemy flee and to rise up in the power of Jesus' name. For every area of attack that you experience, it can be really helpful, like I said earlier, to find a scripture that you can respond with. And so, again, that's from the example of Jesus being tempted in the wilderness by Satan. When the enemy sought to harass him, he responded with the truth of God's word, it is written. And we can do the very same thing. So as you make a list of those attack points, ask God to direct you to a verse or a scriptural promise that declares his reality over your life. When the enemy attempts to attack you in that area or whisper fear about that area or lie about that area, you can immediately respond with it is written and then stand upon the solid rock of God's word as your first line of defense against him. We began to hit the enemy back with key scriptures whenever we would get hit by the enemy. One of the areas that we really felt attacked in was false accusation. And a scripture that we stood on in that time was no weapon formed against us can prosper. Every tongue that rises against us in judgment, we will condemn. And that was a promise from scripture that God gave us. And at other times we stood on the words, greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. We have power over this through the power of Jesus' name. So let God show you which scriptures he wants you to stand on, but it's a very, very powerful tool when the enemy is attacking you to simply respond back with the truth of God's word. 
The second practical is to remove enemy access from your life. In our warfare against the enemy, it is so important that we remove any legal access that we've given him, which allows him to harass and control us. If we have unconfessed habitual sin, if we are walking in deliberate disobedience to God, if we are harboring bitterness towards another person, if we're dabbling in satanic or demonic activities, even just for fun, we don't take it very seriously, all of these things will create access points for the enemy to get into our lives. We can't effectively resist his attacks unless we first remove any access that we've given him within our soul. In the book, Tramp for the Lord by Corey Ten Boom, she tells the story of a woman who struggled with terrible nightmares. Corey met and prayed with this woman about her struggle, and she asked her if there was any unconfessed sin in her life like unforgiveness or bitterness. The woman reluctantly told her that she felt a deep hatred toward her mother. Once she confessed her sin of hatred and sincerely forgave her mother through the enabling grace of God, her nightmares immediately stopped. It was the sin of unforgiveness that had given the enemy legal right to harass her. She wasn't able to resist him until she first chose to walk in obedience to God and forgiving someone who had wronged her. So ask God to show you whether there is anything in your life that's giving Satan access to your soul? Do you have people in your life that you need to forgive? Is there a specific step of obedience that God is asking you to take that you've been avoiding? Do you have anything in your past that you need to make right with God or with others? Are you casually participating in the darkness of the culture, like watching demonic movies and shows, maybe wearing symbols of death, like skulls and skeleton, reading horoscopes, participating in like fortune telling type of activities? A lot of Christians do these things casually and they think it's fun, but it's actually participating in the things of darkness and it's giving the enemy access into your life. If God shows you that there are areas that need to be made right, allow him to lead you through a process of confessing, repenting, and turning from your sin. I always think about the story of Nehemiah as he sought to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem. He had to identify all of the access points that the enemy had, all of the parts of the wall that were broken down that holes in them, and then repair them. And that's really what it's like when we confess and repent and turn from our sin. We are sealing up access points that the enemy previously was allowed to get into that area. And once it's been confessed and washed clean from our lives, he no longer has access into that area anymore. So it's like closing up the wall. If you've given Satan access into your life, declare that you are now taking back that territory in the name of Jesus. Once you've confessed your sin and taken back that ground that you may have given to the enemy, he will no longer have the ability to control or harass that part of your life. Another practical is to know and understand your position in Jesus Christ. God has given us everything we need to be victorious over all the schemes of the enemy. This is a day and age when the enemy boasts of his power. The enemy's power seems very strong. We see a lot of defeat around us. We see a lot of evidence of the enemy getting the upper hand. But we need to remember that God's power is so much greater than any power of darkness. And when we surrender our lives to him, the Bible says that we are seated with him in heavenly places. That's in Ephesians 2.6. And that all things 
things are under his feet in Ephesians 1.22. When we give our lives to him, we are in Christ, as it says in Romans 8.1. So in other words, if something cannot get to Jesus and we are in him, then it cannot get to us. If all things are under his feet, then all things are under our feet because we are seated with him in heavenly places. Take some time to study your position in Jesus Christ. Read what the Bible has to say about the believer's right to bind Satan's work and resist the power of darkness. When Satan seems to be bragging about his control or power, simply remind him that greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. When you understand your position and your authority in Jesus Christ, the enemy will run from you, not the other way around. He makes a lot of noise, but as soon as you rise up and understand your position and walk in the authority that Jesus Christ has given you, he will be on the run. And that's a really powerful thing to realize. The fourth practical is simply to resist the enemy. Once you've identified those attack points and scriptures that go with those attack points that you can stand on, you've removed enemy access into your life and you've taken your position and your authority in Christ, you need to resist Satan and watch him flee. In some modern churches, as I've said before, this process of engaging in spiritual warfare is sort of treated like maybe a circus act with these loud dramatic displays and antics. But really, there is isn't anything in the Bible that says resisting Satan should be a big performance or some long drawn out ordeal. You can actually be a conservative Christian and walk in your authority over Satan. And in fact, you should be doing that. And a lot of times those of us from more conservative circles get really skittish about this topic because we've seen people from maybe more charismatic or liberal churches take it out of context and make a big circus act out of it. But don't let this truth be hijacked. We can simply say no to Satan's attacks through the power of Jesus' name. It doesn't need to be a big, huge, dramatic ordeal. It can be done silently. It can be done in a whisper. It can be done out loud. And it can be done with another person or people who are standing in agreement. Regardless, though, we don't need to overcomplicate it. The power to resist the enemy doesn't come from our our performance or our eloquence or our perfection, it comes only through the name that is above every other name, the name of Jesus Christ. And even a little child can resist the devil through the power of that name. The fifth practical is to be consistent until the breakthrough comes. If Satan has been attacking you for quite some time, or if you are entering his territory, such as in ministering to the unsaved or really stepping out in an area where he has had a lot of control, and then it's very possible that he may continue to try to harass you even after you resist him for the first time. Don't be discouraged if that happens. We need to remember that there are sometimes many individual battles to fight before a war is won. So be consistent until the enemy realizes that you are serious about resisting him and you won't back down. Remember, you're taking territory for Christ and this may not happen in one day. Ask God to show you how often you should be resisting Satan. In some cases, it could be daily. Other times it it may be a proactive step that you take ahead of time whenever you're about to step out into some kind of ministry. If you're faithful and consistent, you will be able to pull down enemy strongholds in any area where you feel defeated. 
Here's some final thoughts that I'd like to share with you about engaging in spiritual warfare. Many of us default to simply praying for deliverance when we're being bullied by Satan. And while prayer is very important, God actually asks us to do more than just pray when we're attacked by him. 2 Corinthians 10.4 reminds us that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Notice that weapons in this verse is plural, not singular, meaning that there is more than one weapon God has given us for the pulling down of spiritual strongholds. So if the enemy has been getting the upper hand in any area of your life, it's time to pick up that powerful weapon of resisting him in the power of Jesus' name. Let's never forget that powerful reality of what Christ accomplished on the cross. It says that having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. That is so powerful. That's from Colossians 2.15. Jesus is victor. He is Lord. And if he is for us, who can stand against us? I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to go deeper into living a consecrated life of victory in Jesus Christ, please consider joining us for our upcoming 2019 Set Apart Conference, June 7th and 8th in Windsor, Colorado, or you can stream it as a simulcast all throughout this year at a time that works for you. So visit setapartgirl.com to learn more, and I pray that you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.